Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple and very common problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactamundo. So, to solve this main issue, we are issuing a challenge. Each week, we sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the rest of the story sent in by you wonderful listeners. Exactly. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A, a doof, doof media, media production. production. I always feel, especially with that last part, because I talk so fast, that I'm going to stumble over my words, and I'm always like so proud of myself for like not. like I, I feel like I'm barely catching up with my speaking, basically. It's fine. Yeah, well, I think it's because... Like, like well, actually, we were we were literally just talking about this. Like we've been doing this for three years. We're almost yeah. to to episode one fifty, and we've kept the same intro for most of it. I think honestly, mm-hmm. only like the first three, we were really trying like yes. different intros. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, we really engineered this one to have all the information in it without it being too annoyingly complicated yeah Yeah, yeah. because we have so many numbers it's 30 minutes three out of four randomly generated words like that's a lot Mm -hmm. so that um, that is a a a lot and i think like even still we've we've also talked about how we could possibly make changes to it mm -hmm. again but we just never did and apparently it's it's working i'm surprised that we actually haven't just like decided to pre-record a stock intro oh i'm very glad just copy and paste it huh i'm i'm very glad we didn't do that that sounds i don't know mechanical i don't like it very mechanical cutting cutting Um, corners they they say yeah basically um uh yeah i so i actually i I wrote a little story myself which i'm not reading on this podcast because it wasn't related to to the the challenge but i wrote a, a little story um the other day too and it wrote it in response to like i was watching this video um mm-hmm. by um this youtube essayist uh lily alexander um, i love she, her wait you, you you know her too yeah lily alexander she's great she's like super new too yeah have you seen mm-hmm. the recent one about um uh this poem that she found on wikipedia uh, no, but here, I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm actually just going to look her up. Yeah. <laughs> First search re- result. <laughs> yeah, no, she's great. Um, I'm so glad because like she she popped out of nowhere with uh, a video um, like what was Mogai, I think it was. And that's mm-hmm. what made her kind of blow up. And then she just ha- kind of had a couple more videos. Um, but they mm-hmm. haven't been as exploding as that first one, which I is too like- bad because she's she's wonderful. I think um, yeah the 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 first one that that got me in into her was a uh, this one right here, turfs are wrong about mm. biological sex and you know, she's she's talking about yeah. um, J.K. Rowling and, and yeah, then all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So really really good. I'm in the, yeah I've been getting really deep into like video essayists mm-hmm. that like cover books. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's there's this other one. Fuck. Let me see if, if I can find her. But basically, she does this thing to where she will she will cover like Republican books, mm. where where like there was there was this one where there was this kid who was a Christian on, on a on a liberal college campus, nice, and uh, he was the only one stopping all of the uh, woke 
movement people from like from like taking over the world. Those terrorists. Yep. Yeah, but then also there is a there is a school shooting at at this school, and mm-hmm. the writer made it a a point to show how every single last one of those 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 like those like liberal people who were talking about like yeah freedom of speech you know yeah we we need to protect trans kids um how how they were sort of cower how they were cowering in fear and and it and uh, it was up to john republican <laughs> to beat up the school shooters nice nice mm-hmm. um yeah well good i'm glad that there is reviews of of uh important literature of our time mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah so so what was good about it is that i, wa- I watched it um, and I felt like I got like inspiration out of it, um, mm-hmm. watching a, a YouTube essayist. Um, and it's something I've been kind of missing. Um, I, I think it shows up in like those kind of reviews stuff too. Um, but maybe that's why I haven't been writing as much. I just haven't been like taking the kind of content that like, I don't know, inspires me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, which is very true. I mean, I feel the same way when it comes to film. Like I, I really mm-hmm. haven't been watching any, films that mean something beyond just entertainment uh for for one reason don't really have the the time and also it's a huge commitment when i could just watch shitty reality tv forever um but recently i saw this um this movie uh that was called it was a french new wave film similar to like Hiroshima Monomora. I don't know anything um, about that, but it sounds yeah. cool. Well, yeah, it's a pretty great black and white French French film. But just by like watching it, I felt more inspired than I have in so long. And, and I guess that's because that's where my like creative core is, you know, in those sort of like strange and, and, and like weird films that are that really ask you to pay attention to every little thing because every little right. thing ends up mattering you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i get what you mean um speaking of we well let's get on we're, we're gonna make a bunch of doofovers i've decided this is just gonna happen we're gonna schedule yeah. something right after i mean this call. hey i'm 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 already uh re-watching neon genesis so hell yes um yeah actually <laughs> uh i match with someone on bumble that like in their bio was like how obsessed they are with neon genesis and now i'm like conflicted because i'm like uh i talked to them and they've clearly like thought a lot about the show and i'd like to have them on the show uh on on ours but also like i want to have sebastian on it as well because we watched it together and we had thoughts about it and i want to have you on it because obviously it's new flavors um and like four people is kind of it's kind of crowded right four people is possible yeah. But this this person that you matched on on Tinder, do you think that they can do a podcast? I think so. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I think they don't do phone calls, so that might be uh, a what? barrier. Wait, yeah. What? Well, that's really common, actually. It's like it's like seventy percent of the people that I talk to just like they can't don't do, do phone, phone calls? calls. Yeah, because it, they just get really really anxious, which is like relatable, but it's man, it's a bummer. As well, someone yeah, who like I... needs verbal communication to feel a connection with someone. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I don't know, like, I get that, and I respect that, um, but I don't know, it's like, yeah, I, you can feel, you can feel anxious during a call, but, like, even if, like, 
there's purpose in the call. Like, so, so, so these people just don't do phone calls because I never they can yeah, avoid wow. it. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah, I mean, granted, I prefer to like get a get a text. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. that is yeah. that is interesting. Well, hey, it's maybe uh, we can take them. Uh, oh, even better, you. And you invite them over on, on mm-hmm. a nice little cute date. Mm-hmm. You make a nice spaghetti platter, loving it, okay. loving it. And mm-hmm. then I come candles. in slowly behind them, candles, candles. And mm-hmm. then I slowly creep in with mm-hmm. with my scalpel and okay and my flash drive. And then uh-huh. you turn off the lights. Okay. And then we open up that brain, put mm. it on a flash drive, All and right. then. And then upload them onto my laptop so that they can uh-huh. talk through the computer okay. without being on a phone call. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I'll think about it. Okay, for, sure, for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, are you trained in that in inserting flash drives into people's skulls? I. <sighs> also, can you? Hmm. Question. Yes. Um, can you? open someone's skull with a scalpel i feel like the bones too much i mean maybe if you like go with the right angle but you you'll be able to scalp them but then yeah you would you would definitely need like a bone saw to like crack it open but i can't say too much because i've been um sworn to uh secrecy by one of the many u.s government organizations Wow, that's really vague. Was it the Department of Agriculture? Close, very, very close. It they 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 normally share the same office, but they have completely different duties. Parks and Wildlife. Mm, you're even closer. Think. Okay, think I ran like out. Above wildlife. Um. No, nah, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know enough organizations, and I'm bored of this. <laughs> oh. It's okay. It was well, the, do you want to reveal your answer? Yes, it was the Men in Black. It's fine, though. Oh, wait, what? What? <laughs> How was I supposed to guess that? Because they work in the same D department. In the first Men in Black film, Will uh-huh. Smith walks walks into a non-descript building that okay. looks like a, a normal office building. But then he goes into the elevator and presses the furthest down button. Bada bing, bada boom. He's in the Men in Black HQ. Okay. But, but like what does that have to do with agriculture because they're in the same office okay all right well i don't okay that's fine what were we talking about before i had something clever to say but it's gone now <laughs> that, that makes one of us all right what's what are, <laughs> what are the words of this podcast uh episode jarvis let's get let's get into the actual meat the the meat and bones and fat and gristle and mm. flesh of this episode meat bones fat and gristle Mm, um, I love how I'm going to have to edit the the fire alarm out of this podcast. Oh, that's great. If only I could do anything uh, about it. But I, I I actually had them come in and check it because, you know, it is normally just just batteries. But they checked it and, and they said, oh, yeah, it's fine. It shouldn't be beeping. But it is. But it is. Um, but the words for this week are head, hold, accessible and orchestra. Um, and who are we uh, reading this week? This week we will be reading a lovely story by Komedo Soup with A Night at the Dolian Orchestra. Yeah. 
Um, I quite like this one, so I'm excited to get into it. Mm-hmm. Traditions, Celia decided, usually existed for a reason. Sure, sometimes that reason could be as petty as have an opaque ritualistic set of actions designed to discriminate against those who were not in the know. But even then, there was usually a kernel of sense in the how and why of said opaque ritualistic set of actions. Servants of noble visiting families announced visitors with all their titles, not only as a grand vanity exercise, but also to avoid an awkward, so what was your name again, situation. Tea ceremony emphasized specific hand placement and posture, not just to embody the epitome of grace, but to avoid situations like having the lid of a teapot very unceremoniously fall off in an overzealous pour. There was a cord of functionality that ran through the very marrow of tradition. So this too, this awkward notion of holding her own head in her hands for the duration of the whole orchestral performance, there was a reason behind it. It didn't make it any less annoying, though. Sorry, whispered Else for the third time from the seat beside her. It's a pretty important part of audience etiquette. I did warn you, it wasn't really made with humans in mind. Else, too, had her head in her hands, but, being a Dullahan, spoke from the relatively comfortable position of her own lap. Don't worry about it, Celia whispered back, holding her head with both hands like her neck didn't exist. I knew what I was getting myself into. This wasn't totally true, but Celia found that some expression of personal responsibility was usually enough to soothe her friend's concerns. As the Dullahans took the stage, Celia took in the differences. It was already a departure from human performances that the musicians were not already seated and ready behind some kind of curtain. The stage was bare, save for a single row of ornate stools serving as a sort of pedestal on which instruments were placed. They make their stools themselves, said Ilse helpfully. You probably can't tell from up here, but each one is uniquely forged. Else? Oh, you're doing that weird thing where you try to figure out stuff on your own again? Sorry, I'll stop. Else fidgeted with her head as Celia tried to redirect her attention to the performers. Celia watched the rhythmic procession as each musician deposited their head on their individualized stool and took up their instrument. The point of giving up their head for an instrument seemed symbolic of a shift in focus. Though she was sure both parties would resent the comparison, it reminded Celia of something else she'd once seen before in a goblin cafe. There, it was the way of things to pay before eating. There was a whole bunch of other stuff mixed up in it that sort of muddled the example, like how you were expected to pull coins directly out of your pocket without looking or counting out the exact amount as a sort of monetary flex. But the part about it that reminded Celia that struck a mental chord was how you were supposed to place the, that money into the same metal tin that contained all the utensils. The tradition smacked of social ritual, a pointed giving up of one thing for another. What occupies you? asked Else nervously, if you don't mind my asking. Hands, 
Celia found herself saying. Hands? Yeah, hands. There's a lot of emphasis there. Like, with humans, a lot of peaceful posturing and gestures of trust tend to focus on obviously open and empty palms. That's, um, true. That's true of all of us, I should think. Elves, goblins, humans, and the like. Sure, but there are nuances across species. Like how you hold your head in both hands instead of in the crook of your arm when you're talking to a professor. It is rude to hold your head above someone else esteemed. Right, Celia pointed at her. Exactly. Stuff like that. Celia, Else looked embarrassed. Oops. Celia returned her hands to her head, hoping no one around her had noticed. So, what is it about hands and doula hands you were noticing? Hmm? Oh, I was just trying to figure out this whole audience keeping their hands on their head thing. Else nodded for her to continue. Are your... Are your orchestras rooted in some kind of martial tradition? We're doula hands. Everything we do is rooted in martial tradition. Point, said Celia. Then, more specifically, is it tied to, like, important peace proceedings? Elle stared at her. You're getting that from hands. Celia smiled in triumph. It's like what I was saying earlier. Hands, look at what's happening. You place your head down, pick up your instrument, and then there's this, like, I don't know, this sense of performative vulnerability to it all. Very, look at me, I'm putting my head down and very deliberately busying them by doing something else. You guys don't usually put your heads down like that, right? No, Else shuffled awkwardly. We don't like putting our heads down in public at all, if we can help it. Yeah, because it's fundamentally a vulnerable thing to do. So it's like a mirroring thing. The performers make this big show of placing their heads down in a trustful, vulnerable position, and in respect of that, the audience parallels that by making sure that their hands are likewise occupied and concerned with being a good audience for the duration of the performance. Hmm. Else gave Celia an apologetic look. No, I don't think you're right. No? It was something Celia liked about Else that despite all her hemming and hawing, there was a core to her that would never flinch away from speaking truth as she saw it. Well, it's like I said before. Dullahan culture tends to be martially coded by nature. Conversations are engagements. Celebrations are accolades. There's always a sense of posturing, of putting forward your best and most competent face. So, there's no way that we do something to deliberately signal weakness. That's just not how we are. Not how we're supposed to be, anyway. The music began. Loud horns and brass heralding a crash of sliding strings. The hall was awash with a rising, thrumming beat. It sounded like triumph. So, it's more the other way, then, said Celia. Bravado. Like, I'm so good and competent and whatnot with my music that I don't even need to hold onto my head while performing it. That has more of the ring of truth to it, said Else, but still totally wrong. I'm pretty sure it's just a Doolahan thing. Are you sure you don't want me to just tell you? Nah, I'm good. Else shuffled in her seat. As the music built, she kept sneaking glances at Celia. Finally, two songs in, it seemed she could hold it in no longer. Why do you do this, Celia? Why do you overcomplicate things? Why don't you just ask? It can be... 
else bit her lip. Some people might feel that what you do, guessing and trying to ferret out aspects of culture that you know little about, it can look rude. I know it's rude. Also, um, Else shuffled a bit, somehow managing not to make a sound despite her heavy armor. You're wrong quite frequently, actually. People talk about it. Like that time that you asserted that Doc ate squirrel meat because historically goblins must have been hard-pressed to hunt game, hunt large game, instead of, you know, him being frugal and trying to make ends meet. Celia frowned. I don't mind being wrong. That's just part of the process. But why? The crashing tones transitioned on a dime, sliding into a soft resonance interspersed with ringing tines and bells. Celia turned to her friend. You know how I ended up at the university, right? It was something of a spectacle. Right. I appeared in that ray of light. No clothes, no memories, no nothing. Celia shrugged. I don't think I minded that part all that much. I don't know what my life was like before, so no real loss. I think I was excited more than anything. But then, of course, I had to figure stuff out. And ooh boy. Celia sighed. You have no idea how much I hated it. Asking over and over again how things worked, why things were the way they are. The soft pitting smile I'd get from everyone, like I was some sort of poor adult fool. A simpleton. Her voice took on a mocking tone. Yes, Celia, red crystals generate light. Blue crystals, no, those generate heat. No, of course they can't generate water. But yes, water is also blue. I can see why you got confused. Celia laughed bitterly. So, no, I'm done asking. I'm going to bunkle up, take in everything, and do the best that I can. And if I'm wrong sometimes, so be it. So be it. Else looked at Celia wide-eyed. Did I... Have I been treating you like that? Nah, you're good people, Else. Celia leaned over in her seat and bumped shoulders. After a moment, she felt Else do the same back. You're good people, too. They watched the rest of the performance with their arms touching. The music moved in and out of songs in a way that she was sure a more cultured person would appreciate, but felt to Celia like time was getting stretchy. As Celia closed her eyes, she could feel the music wash over her. The acoustics of the hall were quite nice, really. She could feel the music alive all around her, rumbling with vigor. It was in the air, the seats, and most tellingly of all, a comforting hum from just beside her. I think I figured it out murmured Celia. You were right. I was overcomplicating things. I can feel it now. Oh? Without your head in the way, the sound travels into your armor. The music. I can feel it through your arm. It's echoing inside you. Celia's eyes felt heavy. She hoped it wasn't considered too rude to fall asleep. The music was just too calming. You're right, Elle said from somewhere far away. She felt Else shift her weight to better support her. Good job. Celia smiled. It wasn't quite so hard, really, keeping her hands in place on her head. Not with a friend to lean on, anyways.
This is is a really nice story. I first of all love the the setting, like a sort of fan. It's a fantasy world with goblins and uh, luas and like all all other sorts of um creatures. But there also seems some sort of remnants of the world that we live in, like a sort of normalcy. And I do love the speak throughout this of tradition. You uh, really did decide to hit the nail on the head for this month, which by talking about tra- tradition, talking about how one can push back against tradition and the consequences of of that. I also really do in, enjoy how you decide to describe the the music and how it's sort of um, layered in piece piece by by piece without really dedicating a whole big paragraph to the sounds of the music, really allowing us as a reader to to fill in the the blanks as we're also focusing in on this really sweet um, and complicated relationship that our main character finds their selves in. So really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely got a mm-hmm. nuanced uh, portrayal of their relationship, and you could kind of tell um, that they're yeah multi-dimensional. I really like the uh, background that we're getting revealed on uh, Celia and Else as well. Um, how Else is like uh, polite and stuff, but also speaks the truth. Um, and it like there's that moment after Celia explains her her background where Else asks. Um, have I been doing that, right? So concerned for her her friend, right? And I think that's really sweet. And I like the um, complicated portrayal of uh, Celia's motivations and such uh, as well. Um, sort of them uh, taking in, like, being being okay with uh, people thinking they're rude because they've just, like, faced so much rudeness themselves from asking questions and from um, being given answers. And uh, mm-hmm. this is just sort of their... Them, them compensating for that um and uh yeah i like how that's sort of impacting their relationship as as well as just yeah the expiration of tradition as you said is really interesting um and i think um kamada soup did a really great job of um exploring some of the origins right talking about how like though it may seem really frilly and and silly mm-hmm. and and like annoying at times stuff that tradition does and perhaps sometimes it is um there often is like a really good purpose I, the the tea thing actually w- felt really really mm-hmm. um yeah. i don't know I, I have spilled tea before and so like uh it makes sense why it's such a a, a, a practice ritual thing to be so careful and graceful because it's also about like um social mm-hmm. safety yeah, definitely, kind of. definitely and i think that just goes to show like how the world how, how the world building within this piece is really well struck um and i do as i said before love the sort of uh, intersection between this this world building and how that creates tradition and i think that their relationship is definitely a nice grounds to to explore other aspects of this this world if the writer does choose to can to continue past this yeah, um, I think it was uh, definitely very interesting, the, the sort of world that's being built here. I did feel like I wanted like one more clue with what a Dullahan is. Um, my understanding is that maybe they are like sentient armor, is what I was thinking, because they're hollow on the inside. Yeah, I was thinking like 
I was thinking like headless horsemen, but yeah. they are hollow yeah. too. So, so yeah. Um yeah, I just felt like I needed just like one extra more little clue just to just to cement that understanding. Cause I think I came to the appropriate conclusion. Um, because you know they take off their heads and then that leaves an opening and they're hollow on the inside and the sound rings inside of them. Um, so that seems to imply and, and I know that Else is wearing armor. Um, but it doesn't say that they are armor. So that was my confusion, I suppose. Um, mm, and I, but true, true. that said, I don't think that this, this piece would be better served by like right at the beginning, having like a little dump about what doula hands are. Right. Um, I don't think I needed that. Uh, I, and yeah. I like that. I was kind of figuring it out as I went, just like starting off with like, Oh, they literally have their head in their laps. Interesting. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And going from there, I, that was a fun little uh, part of it. Which, I mean, that that does branch into the question of how would you explain something like this when every person within this scene obviously already knows what a doula hand is, you know? So you can't, like, dia, diegetically um, explain this to the, to the audience because it would feel out of place. But I think that this story did a pretty good job of using like s- small lines here and there mm-hmm. there and the yeah. yeah and description to show us enough to to get a good sense of like who these what these characters look look like maybe not delving in deep into like the um back lore of like how they were created but i think it's enough here already for the purposes of this story yeah yeah um and uh, I like how that that complicates the the whole standard fantasy world sort of stuff and reflecting on that. The thing about goblins was also very neat. Um, a nice little, I don't know, new little world building thing. I quite like it. Um, mm-hmm. Taking that whole, you know, goblins being obsessed with money thing and then sort of extrapolating that out into an interesting little um, social custom. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's very interesting. So regarding like the actual reason that they do it. Um, it's interesting. I do wonder. So, so what do you think like is the sort of message that is, is coming across in this piece? Because it seems like sort of the, the lesson um, that Celia is learning by the end is that like, actually sometimes it's not like a super like cynical and like um, pragmatic reason for a social custom. Sometimes it's just for like enjoyment and because it's nice, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I I got something similar that, like, it is good to question tradition, but then there's also, like, a level of respectability be- between both, both, both parties. Like, yes, even though these, pra- even though these practices might not make a whole lot of sense, and it's fine to question s- certain things. There is a point to where, like, like I was, I was even seeing how, like, the uh, friend character was trying to, like, let the, uh, the like main character know that they're being a bit, bit rude, you know, trying to be nice about it, um, and that sort of shows me the not only the sort of candor that that these two characters have, but I, I kind of got the the message that we should respect each other's tra- traditions. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't question them, you know. Mm-hmm. At least that's that. That's what I was kind of getting from this piece. Yeah, there's, there's sort of like a, a sensitivity necessary, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, actually, uh, I'm barely related, but uh, I, I, I kind of had this conversation recently too about the the politeness thing, um, because uh, I don't know, I, I, I got in a conversation with someone about it, but like, there's differences between like politeness that is like outdated, just like custom, and then there's others that is just like it's just a nice thing to do, um, like in, even now. So it's like, so like elbows on the table, I feel like is an outdated like politeness thing like i don't think it's ever relevant anymore basically right yeah but like not eating until everyone sat down i think that's pretty often just like a nice thing to do right uh just because it's like you are not like you're not enjoying the thing before anyone else gets to and they just have to like watch you enjoy yourself um yeah and you know you're also record uh recognizing the other people at at the table you know sort of building that uh connection mm-hmm. be between the, those people before you jump into this shared journey yeah 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 that you all get to enjoy something together rather than at separate points and um mm-hmm. yeah it makes a lot more sense so uh i thought that was an interesting reflection on on tradition that was going on in in this story and it sort of reminded me of that one um anything else we want to say about the story uh no i think that's about it it's a great story and i'm great that ko mino soup decided to send this one in mm-hmm. yeah it's always good to mm-hmm. see a um old face uh writing again as well but all right it's high time to roll on into our listener submitted story section the first story we will be talking about this week is by excalibur with an untitled story um yeah so this is actually i'll just read the lines right yeah um so they wrote a um they, they labeled what it was they wrote an elegiac um elegiac couplet that alliterates um so it goes in our inheritance we hold we the gaunt heads of gathered grain gleanings to our inheritors hate or acceptable sympathy um, so I did do some research on what an elegiac mm-hmm. uh, couplet is and so it comes from basically um epic uh poetry basically um and it's sort of like a lower form of it except it was like um very much popularized um for one reason or another uh the definition was a little opaque because i don't have all of the jargon backing it up because it says Mm -hmm. uh the definition of elegiac is of relating to or consisting of two dactylic hexameter lines, the second of which lacks the arsis in the third and sixth feet. Now, I don't know yeah. what arsis <laughs> is or dactylic. That's a lot of term. I know what hexameter means. It means six feet, and a feet is like a um, sort of like a syllable pairing of like stressed and unstressed. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, arsis and, and dactylic, I, I don't, and I need to do more research and learn. Um, so I think it's very cool yeah. that Excalibur put this together um, because mm-hmm. it's, it's got to do with a lot of things that I don't have a ton of knowledge about. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the coolest thing about this this short piece is that it's something that I haven't seen be before. And like same as you, I'm definitely gonna gonna look into this further um, because it seems that. This could be a, a nice, I guess, form for a lot of meaning. And especially look, looking at these lines there, their selves, I can see that it's getting at something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how how the inheritors have hate and, and sympathy um, to those who are inheriting. And, and I think like, 
for me when when I read it, I got a sense of like the haves and the have nots, mm-hmm. the wealthy and the rich. I saw like class struggle within these the, these short little lines, but maybe that's just my own reading. Mm-hmm. No, I could I could see it. I think, um, or at the very least, like something coming from the past and like I don't know harvesting the past basically, and then mm-hmm. I don't know people in the future sort of having to deal with the the consequences, um, either like hating the past or uh sympathizing with it i suppose i'm, I'm not really I'm, I'm not i've never been very very good at poetry but i like that excalibur and sent this in um who is our next story so the next story is by ace of sword with spite take yeah so there are part one three parts to this story um the first is uh this couple being in a, in a helicopter um talking about how they have a tradition of going in helicopters i suppose um and they talk about how they they how they met basically the second story being um they are henchmen for a supervillain um and uh then a superhero comes in and uh breaks the like just shatters the jaw of um the man and the couple um and the woman has um uh, some superpowers uh but the the man does not and, and then the final part they go to um a mad scientist <laughs> to to heal um uh, dent uh, the 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 man and the couple. Um, they inject a bunch of d- DNA into him to fix his his face. He ends up having a ton of teeth in his mouth. <laughs> um, oh. And uh, yeah, so it's interesting. I'm not entirely sure like how um, like what the tradition that's that's done at the beginning really is and how it's connected to the other sections. But regardless, mm-hmm. I did enjoy the the journey going through it. Yeah, definitely, and I think that this story has some some really nice lines of a, a dialogue mixed with solid description. Um, and yeah, I like also found a bit of trouble seeing how some of these parts linked, but but yeah, I think that um, this this is is a really nice basis with with some solid world world building on something that you can definitely jump jump off of and uh continue into these this part two and uh part three so overall really great job mm-hmm. yeah they um uh i think it's sort of talks about how there's more of, of an overarching story that's going to be going on and so this is just like one part and i think that's that's totally fine not everything has to be a a self-contained thing um who's next mm-hmm. up next is by just stand eight four six zero with Sarah and the Wolves Part Three, a new front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is that series uh, with the chicken and the the, the lovely wolf. Ooh. And here in this one, we finally sort of get Craig the the wolf, um, genuinely like apologizing, basically. Um, well, I say genuinely apologizing, apologizing regardless, and sort of expressing some kind of affe- affection toward um, the poor stressed out chicken. He still seems like he's going to be demanding the weekly eggs which is a little like of okay course. you're not even gonna like lower it all right fine craig i'm watching you maybe maybe he'll he'll rethink that later we'll see um but uh it's yeah it definitely seems like there are some feelings going on in there and it's interesting and I, I i do wonder what um craig's like thoughts are and why he likes this chicken so much um but we finally finish with um are Sarah uh, being alarmed because there is a rooster uh, arriving in the area and probably going to speak to her. And that is actually kind of a really bad thing because um, uh, roosters basically just like are, are 
patriarchs over hens and hens are kind of supposed to be obedient like housewives immediately and she's kind of concerned that that's the role that she's going to be put into yeah yeah so this this entry really surprised me in the beginning i was expecting something a bit more uh confrontational which it was craig was definitely not a upstanding wolf uh and giving sarah the benefit of of the doubt and also you know like maybe not taking all of her her, her eggs but i do enjoy the direction that the story is progressing we can see them both getting closer um in a way that I, I still don't trust Craig because um, I'm just worried that Craig's going to like pull a pull a fast one and like eat her or, <laughs> or something. I don't know why, though. But yeah, but uh, either way, this is definitely like a, a, a nice entry that's sort of pushing it further further and is really showing us both of these characters uh, in uh, in a setting while when they're divorced from the, the groups that they belong with so that they can sort of reside as two beings and really uh, co- communicate mm-hmm. but yeah I, I am looking forward to seeing where uh, where this this goes and yeah just look looking forward to see uh, what else is in this story mm-hmm. so really great job what is the last writer um that we'll be talking about this week yes yeah, so the last writer writer for this week is Walker by Faith with cause and effect. Yeah, and they included uh, helpfully a contact warning for child abuse in it, so we do appreciate that. Um, and this basically has to do with a um, character reflecting after they've gotten older with the sort of terrible um, like childhood they had with a lot of physical punishment from their father who was very, very, very violent. Um, and so we're, we go through all that and we're kind of building um, our... Uh, sympathy for this main character and sort of like starting to really hate the father um and because uh, he even makes um the main character have to kill this this stray dog and like shoot it in the head uh, which is horrible um but we get justice in the end when um pa uh, gets his legs stuck in a bear trap um somehow and uh, so our main character and his brother go out there with a rifle and uh, just put him down and mm-hmm. um Do you need to? yeah there's sort of a reflection going through here about cause and effect um how the father's actions are what causes death later on basically um about mm-hmm. how he yeah turned them into people that would kill their own father because he's a terrible person yeah but yeah this this story is really tight and it's uh in its themes and it's in intention. And I just really do like this style. Um, how walk, how Walker by faith is, is able to really ground scenes, but also show us gruesome stuff like, you know, shooting a dog in the head and then, you know, shooting your own father. But I think that the progression throughout warranted the ending that we got, you know, uh, there is a lot in the beginning setting up how much of a asshole this this father is, how abusive he is, so that we naturally sympathize, of course, with with the children. But then, when the children have have to kill their own pa, we we are in this uncertain place to where we don't want to see the, the these children become the monster that the parent. Uh, might have even might have created them to to be but at the same time we want to see the the, the father get his uh, comeuppance you know yeah for sure so yeah the, yeah so yeah this is just a really 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 great story that um 
yeah, I I just really love this uh, entry this this week. So thank you very much to Walker by Faith. Yeah, we always love uh, some some justice served, of course, um, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, the the sort of through line of uh, how the character got this way totally does make sense. I thought though that um, main character would just like leave the father out there to die, basically. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. because uh, like full on murder. This is pretty hardcore, but that's pretty metal but maybe no one would investigate maybe maybe he's he doesn't have anyone on his side and they're just like yep you got mm-hmm. eaten by wolves sucks whoops yeah so it sucks to suck yeah um but all right i think it's high time to say thank you to everyone who submitted a story this week so thank you very much to excalibur thank you to ace of sword thank you tomato soup thank you just stand eight four six zero and thank you to Walker by Faith. And we will also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. Leaving a comment, not only under your own story, but under someone someone else's, can condense all of your own ideas on, on your story for others to, to see. And also provide someone else with crucial feedback so that they and you can become better writers. I would like to say thank you to Ace of Sword, Sithril, Komato Soup, Walker by Faith and Just Dan eight four six zero. Thank you so much for leaving comments. That's right. Um, additionally, I, I do want to talk about how uh, Just Dan um, also posted a group question, which I, uh, mm-hmm. um, there was some lovely discussion there, asking what is your process for coming up with a story each week. Um, talking about how um, it either goes from like um, the like the whole story flashing in their mind at once or sort of figuring out what's going to be happening as they they go through and uh yeah some people reflected upon it um it seems like a lot of people some have like specific uh like methods like first thinking of how um a character is going to interact with the world um and in a conflict and step by step and other people talking about how it's more just like discovery um uh, Walker by Faith mentions that it's almost like letting the story free rather than creating it, um, which is kind of cool. Mm. Um, Jarvis, what what would you say is your process for coming up with story? Uh, my process for coming up with stories normally starts well before I I ever sit down to actually write a story. Um, I typically write out a lot of lines or descriptions throughout my normal day. So when I do decide to sit down and, and write, I just follow whatever I've really been, been thinking about recently. Typically, it'll only start off w- with a line, but then I start thinking of the the context of the, the line. Who's saying the line? How? Why? Uh, what brought them to saying the, this line? Just you know, start asking a, a lot of questions centered around the, uh, char- the uh, characters because character will, will dictate the story later mm-hmm. yeah um for, what about you? for me um it's usually like a, a specific like image or line or something that i'm i'm trying to get to um and then i like start writing to try to get to it and then i get bored and i just skip to it and it usually turns out better to just start at the thing um mm-hmm. but it's yeah it's usually just some sort of wrestling with with that on um having a certain idea that i want to get to and uh how to to make it work basically mm-hmm. which i get that i get that if you want to be like all these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing, you can do that by going to Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. 
All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes to write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Uh, that's right. If you want to see the words as soon as they come out, the best place to do that would be to follow us on Twitter at RightThingCast. You can also send us an email at RightThingCast.gmail.com just to tell us whatever you want. Um, additionally, you can join us on the Doof Media Discord at DoofMedia.com slash Discord, where we have a lot of really interesting discussion. Um, in addition to a discussion about Do the Right Thing, there's a discussion about all the other Doof Media shows, including the other podcasts that I've started with Sebastian, The View from Halfway Down, where we cover BoJack Horseman. And there's been some really, really great uh, discussion in that channel. And I've, I've really been enjoying uh, talking with y'all about uh that show and sort of different theories and really a lot of just talking about like life and stuff it's nice um and of course there's so much else going on at doof media all the time um if you haven't checked out some of the other podcasts on the network please consider doing so um they're just they're, they're delightful um if you haven't listened to pale in comparison in a while um uh yeah consider doing so and, and start reading packed and pale both uh which are some wonderful urban fantasies well, all right, it's high time to roll on into next week's words. Mm-hmm. So, the words for next week are copy, countryside, wheat, and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, I can already see some some themes here. So, to mm-hmm. copy um, is to make a second version of something that is very, very similar Identical. to the first one. Identical. Yeah. Um, so, you can... Uh, copy use a copy machine which copies images you can mm-hmm. uh, copy and paste you can copy what someone else is saying and just repeat the same thing back like a like a crow um you mm-hmm. can um uh copy off of someone's paper and cheat mm-hmm. in class also copy copy can can be used uh i've seen it used in the military sense when people are talking over comms mm-hmm. and you say copy when you say that you heard mm-hmm. what someone else said. That's right. Um, and there's other ones. I don't remember what some of the other ones are, but there's other ones. It's great. Oh, carbon copy, mm-hmm. which I think is a reference to um, when you... There's like a... Is this old way before you they had... CC someone. Well, oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, but the original meaning is when... Um, people before copy machines existed and they were writing things by hand basically um you would have a copy sheet which is just like a piece of paper you would put under the paper that you're writing on and Mm. um the way that it works is you pressing down on the paper above it would basically write on the paper below because it already had like carbon on it basically it had graphite on it um or, or something like that and so you would basically be writing two papers at the same time and the second one is a carbon copy of the first one so um nice yeah the way to make two letters with one i guess um but okay next word is countryside which is uh, the rural areas um of a place usually countryside implies like farms and hills and uh-huh. grass small small town life yeah not necessarily like full-on like forests but like they, mm-hmm. you know there are still people that that live there it's not like a jungle necessarily but um more nature more of a balance of nature and people um mm-hmm. and there you might find wheat which is a kind of plant that you we <laughs> use to turn into bread and what kind of alcohol is from wheat from wheat um i think just gee. beer right beer because barley let's see ale maybe that might be ale well, let's see. I'm going to do a quick addict search. We got vodka. Mm-hmm. Yes. Vodka. 
you can make some fire vodka with with wheat apparently mm-hmm. um among other things so that's a cool thing um there's some sayings with wheat i think um mm, okay. all right last word is fun which is when things are enjoyable and you get some sort of joy yeah. out of it usually it's in a more uh frivolous way or sort of a um baser more childlike enjoyment of something you know it's not like a high art appreciation it's just like yeah. it's fun you're having a good time it's enjoyable yeah mm-hmm. like watching a trans like watching a transformers movie is fun mm-hmm. it doesn't mean a whole lot but it's fun yeah and like how i got locked out of my apartment last night and so i had to parkour up uh three floors i had to like yes. climb up through like this weird window to get on top of a, a shed um and it nearly broke. And then I went alongside the building and had to go across a like narrow brick wall ledge and duck under a window so that my downstairs neighbors wouldn't see me sneaking outside on the second floor. And then I mm-hmm. had to go up some really slippery ice covered ladders around the back of the building on two neighboring buildings roofs to get onto my roof. That was fun. I had a good time with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you even posted a, a video to snapchat mm-hmm. and i said it looked very uh assassin's creed how, how you were hopping and skipping and jumping yeah it was a good time um yeah i wanted mm-hmm. it to happen again almost so i i mean it could just lock yourself out um all right jarvis very very quickly what is your uh three second story yeah so my three second story uh is about the wheat production in the countryside Mm -hmm. and how it ended due to the ability to clone and copy anything so there's no more need to actually grow 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 wheat no matter how fun that is because one piece of wheat can be copied to make a million pieces of wheat Hmm. you know i was thinking about that with how uh digital worlds all scarcity is artificial scarcity it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. What about you? Uh, my story has to do with a trip to the countryside just to have fun in games, you know, run in the wheat fields. Um, but uh, this person was out there. She was out there in the wheat fields. And then uh, she saw in the wheat a, like, copy of herself. And it was, like, exactly the same Whoa. in every single way, except it was made entirely out of wheat. And she was really, really scared. And um, she she ran away. But it's haunting her. And that's that's the story for next time whoa yeah that's awful to be to like run into your own your own scarecrow made copy. of weedies yeah made of made of weedies yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you you i think the only way to get rid of it is to eat it yeah yeah so she, you get the cow milk in, in like a water gun and you, you blast mm, it squirt, and it gets really yeah. soggy and that's how you defeat oh, it. Oh, and then you melt. But then you have to eat it. That would be, that would be um, the the best thing to do. I'm gonna have some cereal and milk. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay, good ending. I'm done. <laughs>